All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. As a financial advisor, I get to see what people do right when it comes to their finances, and I also get to see what they do wrong. And over the last 10 years or so, there are eight points that I've seen that tend to be ignored or not realized by people that tend to be making these mistakes. Now, the first one that I want to talk about is excessive spending. Many people don't realize this, but they actually spend more than they probably should. And as as obvious as that may possibly sound, it's very easy for this situation of of excessive spending to occur. And I like to call it lifestyle creep. As an example, most people would start off their financial lives with not many expenses. They're normally teenagers and they start working or they could be in their early 20s. And their expenses are really just maybe some board, food, going out here and there, phone bill, a couple of extra little things, and that's about it. There's, there's not many, the expense list is very small. But what tends to happen is that person then buys a car and that person then takes on a loan, for example, or they'll move into a nicer house or a nicer apartment and then they'll subscribe to this and they'll subscribe to that. And then they'll start going to the gym and then they'll start buying nicer things. And there's nothing wrong with any of this, but the point I'm trying to make is it gets to a point where suddenly very simple expenses become very complicated or, you know, a very simple list of expenses becomes a very comprehensive list of expenses. And then these people start thinking, hold on a second, why don't I have money left over every time I'm getting paid? I'm getting paid really good money, but it's just going out the window. And sometimes it's important to just stop and look back or to look look at your expenses and to work out, okay, where is my money actually going? And sometimes you might actually find that it is excessive spending that's causing you to have nothing left over at the end of the fortnight. The second thing is ignoring small expenses. So, What I mean by that is I'm talking about the little things. I'm talking about that $10 subscription and the other $15 subscription in this $30 a year subscription and this $2 cost and this $3 cost and this $10 cost. All these things add up. I mean, the the figures I just mentioned probably add up to about $40 or $50 already and multiply that over 12, that's $600 a year, for example. And... These small expenses also are normally the ones that stack up. So, because most people know their main expenses, but it's the small ones that they sort of forget about. And if you can be aware of these things, you can be aware of these subscriptions that you're paying for, these mini direct debits that keep happening, these extra expenses that you're paying for that could potentially be avoided. So, just knowing these things and being aware of them also makes a really big difference. And it is the second mistake that we see regularly as advisors where we'll talk to somebody, they'll not really know where their money's going. And as I said, 
It's either the excessive spending or it's even the small expenses. And it could be just a result of that person not being irresponsible, but just ignoring the small expenses, which have just crept up over time. Listening to this, you might think, hold on a second. I do have a couple of subscriptions that I'm paying for. I do have, I mean, the easiest way is to literally just look at your credit card statement or your bank account statement just to see what's going out. And just to, in a way, I mean, you can total them or you can just see what's consistently coming out of your bank account or off your credit card. The third thing is not having a budget. So I've talked about this in many episodes, but I talk about how having a budget doesn't have to be complicated. It could literally just be having a structure or having something in place. As humans, we need some form of consistency. As We need some form of, we need a barrier in our lives when it comes to different things. And whether it's food, we, we need, our body tells us when we've spent too much. So when we've eaten too much, um, when it comes to having a budget, if you don't have a mechanism in place to tell you, hey, hold on a sec, you've spent more spending money than you should this month, or you've your, your bills account has blown up, or you've got nothing left in the emergency fund, then what are you doing? You know, and um, some people prefer very complicated budgets. Some people don't, and that's completely fine. And this is where each person's situation is completely different and it's really important to work out what do you need, what's right for you and what are you comfortable doing. And having some form of structure and some sort of budget really makes such a difference to a person's finances. And that's the third mistake that I see regularly where some people don't have a budget, they don't have a structure at all in any way, shape or form. And they literally just wing it and that normally doesn't end up well. And if it does, it most likely could have ended up 10 times better if there was a budget or some form of structure. The fourth thing is not having a plan B. So every plan A needs a plan B. And when I talk about plan B, I'm talking about having an emergency fund, having a cushion of cash or something that can be accessed if it needs to be. Many that don't have this emergency fund when there is an emergency or something goes wrong, they will contact friends or family or they'll access their bills account or money that's been put aside for other things or they'll take out loans. And this doesn't normally end well. The other type of plan B you can have is life insurance, income protection, having something in place there so that if you're off work because of sickness or injury or if you diagnose with a terminal illness or something serious, then there's something there to support you and your family financially. Now, it's something that you may not need for decades, but it's one of those things that you're better off having and never needing than not having it and needing it one day. The fifth thing is not investing for the future. So many people, or all of us really, love spending money. We have things in our lives that we enjoy, whether it's experiencing things or whether it's buying things. But it's really important to stop regularly and think about the future and think about what's going to happen in five years or 10 years. Will I still be in the same job? Will I still be earning the same income? Do I still want to be in the same job or would I prefer to be working less hours and having another form of income? What about in 10 years? What about in 20 years? What about in 30 years? Investing for the future can be done in many different ways. The most obvious is superannuation. 
looking at your superannuation and not just ignoring it and actually thinking about it and thinking, okay, where is my superannuation? How is it invested? Have I talked to someone about this? Should I talk to someone about this? And again, not just thinking, she'll be right. We'll just leave it. And I'll look at it in 20 or 30 years when it comes to retiring. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. So thinking of the future, I know it's easier said than done, but it's the tiny changes that you'll make now that you'll thank yourself for in five or 10 years. The tiny changes is as an advisor, it's our job to talk to people about these things, to help them work out what's appropriate to them, what they feel comfortable with, and what can potentially be suitable to that person's needs. Because everyone's situation is different. And just because someone you know invested into this one particular thing, it doesn't mean you should do the same. So thinking of the future and thinking about what's important to you is crucial. And it really, really is a mistake that I see regularly as a financial advisor. Because I'll see people that earn really good income, but they have nothing to show for it. They have a nice house, big mortgage, nice cars, nice clothes. That's probably about it. As far as investing, as far as assets is concerned, there's normally, not normally, I shouldn't say normally, but in some cases, there's not much there at all. So it is really important to think about the present and the future And there needs to be a balance between the two. I've talked about this in previous episodes where, you know, I say that you can't just focus on now and ignore the future. And you can't just focus on the future and ignore now. You know, um, you need to live life. You need something that's sustainable, something that makes sense. Because if you just think about the future, it's going to get boring. You're going to get over it. And it's something that's most likely not going to be sustainable. And if you can probably do it, your partner probably can't. And at the same time, you can't just think about the present and forget about the future because the future is around the corner and the future is about to happen. The other thing is not saving money. So living paycheck to paycheck. And again, this ties into some of the other mistakes I've mentioned, but it's just spending everything that you earn. The issues with this is without saving money, you A, don't have an emergency fund. B, you're not saving for the future. But C, you're putting yourself in a position where you're not able to do anything else other than cover your living costs. And the the issue with that is if you're not saving for the future, if you don't have an emergency fund and you're just living for the present, you're normally going to find yourself in exactly the same or a very similar financial position a year later or two years later or three years later. So again, if you're listening to this and you're not saving money, you need to work out, first of all, is there a reason for that? Is it laziness or is it the fact that you can't save money? And if you can't save money, you need to work out, okay, do you need to work on your income and increasing that somehow? Or do you need to work on your expenses and reducing them? Or should you just be more aware of what's going in and what's going out using a budget to work out if you probably should be saving? You'd be surprised how many times I do a budget for a couple and they are actually in shock as to what the surplus really is. When I show them that, for example, they should be saving $2,000 a month, the first response I hear is, wow, I don't know where that's going. You know, we're not saving $2,000 a month. And that could be sometimes because of some expenses that maybe have been underestimated. 
but it also could be because there's this discretionary spending. There's the, the, these small expenses I'm talking about, the excessive spending, this lack of structure, which is causing them to spend more than they should and not save enough. So not saving, again, I would say is one of the top eight mistakes that I see when it comes to money in couples. The seventh one is not looking to take advantage of employment entitlements. So many people that work in particular industries or work for particular type of employers are entitled to particular benefits. One of that could be discounts. Another one could be receiving extra superannuation contributions if they contribute X amount into superannuation personally. Another one could be the option to salary sacrifice certain things like a motor vehicle. And these are discussions that you should have with your accountant to work out if it's worthwhile doing something like that. But there are so many benefits that employers normally provide, especially large employers, which employees don't take advantage of, normally because they don't understand it, um, sometimes because they just put it off. And again, you'd be you'd be so surprised how many times I'll talk to someone about these things or I'll, I'll realize, hold on a second, did you notice that if you, I'm looking at your payslip and I've worked out that if you increase your contributions into super, your employer is actually going to pay a bit more. And they'll think, wow, I had no idea, you know, and the sooner you find these things out, the better. And again, it's just an extra thing that could be taken advantage of. And people work in different, depending on the industry you work in, the entitlements will be different. For some employees, there'll be literally no extra benefits. For some, there'll be many. But it's important to work out what they are, how they work, and to talk to someone about it to work out if they're appropriate for you. Because just because they exist, it doesn't mean you should do them. But you should look into it to figure out the ins and outs of that particular benefit. The last thing they wanted to talk about is probably one of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to money is not having a plan, not having a goal, not having something to work towards, assuming that she'll be right, not knowing where things are heading. And there's nothing wrong with not knowing where things are heading, but not knowing where you want things to head. And the issue with that is if you just assume things will be okay, and if you just assume that the future is going to be bright, then there's a really high chance it won't. Or if it's not bright, it's probably not going to be that much brighter than where you are now. So having a plan, having a structure is, in my opinion, crucial to financial success. And the first way to do that is to see a financial advisor to help them put together a financial plan. When we meet people, we ask them what their goals are, what they want to work towards. It's okay not having goals as well. Some people feel pressured to come up with goals on the spot. That That's fine. Sometimes goals develop over time. So goals initially could be, I want to pay off my debt or I want to have this much in emergency savings. But then as you start doing that, goals develop and you think, okay, I'd like to retire in 15 years. I want to go on a holiday for $5,000 next year in December. So goals are important, or at least having an aim or a target or something. Because again, without that, what are you doing? Your goal essentially is just to, to, to survive that day or that week financially, and then do it all over again the week after. So any successful business, any successful sports person had goals. They had things they were working towards. Yes, those things change regularly, but in my opinion, you're better off working towards something than working towards nothing. So 
I'll finish on that note. The the last of the mistakes is not having a plan, not having a structure, going with the flow. And to be honest with you, even procrastinating the whole thing, because some people listening to this would be thinking, yes, yes, I, I do know that. And I was going to do that when I started working nine years ago, but things just got busy and I didn't get around to it, you know, or, or things just got too crazy with bills and spending and I didn't have enough money. So I just thought it's no point. And no, it, the whole point is to make a change to sort of think, okay, what do I need to do? It may not happen overnight, but working towards something and having a plan will make a humongous difference in your financial life for you, your family, and your partner. So just to summarize, avoid excessive spending, don't ignore small expenses, have a budget, have a plan B, invest for the future, save, look into employment entitlements, and have a plan. And if you do these things, I promise you that there's going to be a much higher chance of you achieving your goals and doing, being, and feeling better. If you have any friends or family that need to hear this message, pass this episode on to them. It's probably one of the most enlightening things that you'll give them that week. Just saying, hey, listen, I've listened to this episode. This guy sort of has a couple of good points. I think you should listen to it. Because sometimes, well, most of the time, we don't know what we don't know. And having someone put us down a particular path or telling us something or showing us something can sometimes have such a massive difference in the long run. As a friend and as a family member, you owe it to them. If you know someone that isn't saving, somebody that you know is earning really good money and just doesn't seem to be saving or seems to be making money mistakes and isn't getting ahead, pass on this episode and hopefully it can help them to do, be and feel better. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases and feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.